Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Howdy and welcome to episode 75 of Wikishuffle. We are three quarters of the way to our 100th episode. How exciting. Mm. Are we doing anything? No. Just... We'll, we'll think of something. Bumper. Big pie. Big yeah. pie. Maybe put together a postcard that we can send to the listeners oh. that have sent oh, us that's one. That's a good idea. So Phil's doing, Phil does this a lot lately. I'm a bit annoyed with you, Phil, to be honest. Because you know how we work together. Do you want to introduce us first? No, that's all right. You go. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just jump in. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you annoyed me because I was doing work at my job mm. and then Phil came over and made me do my job properly. Because he came up behind me and said, do, oh, do these lines better. Do these lines better. Yeah. Can we just clarify that you're a graphic designer and not a Coke consumer? <laughs> <laughs> just, I just I've had a little bit of a rage there when you said about making me do the postcards again. I'm sorry. Mate, that were promised... How many episodes ago now? 25 Was that for our 50th? It was for our 50th, It's yeah. a joke. <laughs> that really is a joke. Are that's, all, that's like almost been, six months. I've been months. busy. Huh? Have you? Yeah, I've moved house. Oh, come on. Took you under a day. You've had enough free time to make your little game that you did for the podcast yeah, a few okay. weeks ago. Does that not count, though? If you put it into a format that we could send to our listeners, then it would count. No, I don't want to give away my spinner. <laughs> right. These voices that you can hear are Chris. Say hello, Chris. Hello. And Phil. Hello. And I'm Jack. And we're going to do a wiki shuffle. Phil, tell the listeners what a wiki shuffle is. A wiki shuffle is where we press the random article button on Wikipedia and then the podcast happens. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, There is one new thing I'd like to try this week. A few people have said to me that I swear too much on this podcast. That's certainly true of real life as well. And in life, yes. So I'm not going to swear anymore. Ever. You're never going to swear again. Ideally, I'll never. Because I agree with everyone that a it's not very classy and i'm a classy man agreed and it's not big or clever and all you're doing is using a swear word where you should use a regular word but you you haven't got the vocabulary so i'm going to try and not swear and use my other words that i have in my locker i don't think you are capable of this i'm not sure i am either but i'm going to try well the challenge as i see it then is for the two of us to try and make you swear it's not going to happen very well let's do the podcast and if we get to the end without me swearing i'll get a treat here we go Michael. Song? No. Um, just a phrase when Michael leaves? Well, yes, but yeah. I'm not sure that would be deserving of its own Wikipedia page. Because you'd need to have one for every name then. Well, maybe you do. We just haven't had one before. It's possible, mm. but unlikely. There wouldn't be one for Phil. It'd just be like, fuck off, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> That's one swear. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But that was, I was, that was a quote. I was no, quoting was people swear. that I've heard. That was a quote. Because I've heard not. people say to Phil, fuck off. You lasted five minutes. 
Come on. <laughs> not even no, five minutes. That's a quote. That's a quote. No, that's going to be, once I've edited down, that's going to be less than 15 seconds between you <laughs> saying, I'm never swearing again, and your first F-bomb. It was a quote. You can quote swear words. That's fine. But you weren't quoting. You were imagining a hypothetical situation in the future. Where and your vocabulary swears. And your vocabulary was insufficient. Oh, come on. It's not any... in the future. Are you saying that no one's ever told you to fuck off before? <laughs> That's three apps. Oh, okay. Three all right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Look, they were all quotes from now on. No swearing, unless it's in a quote. You Stop. can't just raise both fingers either side of your head every time you say a rude word. Just get on with Goodbye, Michael. Goodbye, Michael is the 22nd episode of the seventh season of the American comedy series The Office and the oh. show's 148th episode overall. Uh, and the show's final episode, because we don't speak about all the other episodes after this. Do you not? I mean, it, had, it still had its moments, but I think there were few and far between. I can't remember what happens when I watch the, the Office. I don't remember what stage of the programme this was in. Season 7, episode and, Yeah, 22. but that's just numbers. Was, is Steve Carroll still in it? Or is that, is that no, what this it, is, that this is about? Michael. This was oh. about. Oh, that's why the goodbye's there. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> episode titles are useful sometimes. Sometimes. In my memory, it really languished immediately after it's left, and it tried too many things that weren't as clever as they thought they were. Yeah, like um, Catherine Tate. Yes. Not as clever as she thought she was. That, that didn't work at all. But the last season, I thought, is particularly as they were running it out, they got back on track. So I take it we're all fans of The Office around I've seen it. And we've never talked about it before, particularly. Um, yeah, yeah, big time. Finds it sweet, and it's amazing. Seasons maybe three to five, I think it's... Excellent. It's one of those things because I'm a, I really like American comedians in American comedy. I find it's a good one. It was a good one to binge. That Parks and Recreation and Arrested Development. I binged all of them, pretty quick successions. I had a great time with it. It's absolutely remarkable how American sitcoms manage to sustain over such long periods where British sitcoms just can't and don't. Even well remembered ones when you think about how many episodes they've got. Not really that much. Like Peep Show, sixty episodes. I think it was 10 se- yeah, seasons. Yeah, over 10 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And even then, well, the quality dipped I think a little bit. It was a lot bit. more than 10 years, wasn't it? Over 10 seasons, but then there was... 13 years, I Yeah. Think. So, yeah, this was the 148th episode, and there was still another couple of seasons to run. I rewatched watched um, Frasier recently. 11 series, each with 24 episodes. And it's, you know, it, again, it does dip towards the end, but it's still a pretty good standard. Certainly better than, you know... What's a shit BBC sitcom? Good night, sweetheart. With Nicholas Van Hast. Doesn't, doesn't sound like you think it's shit. <laughs> Sounds like you think it's amazing. <laughs> it just popped in my head and I've never had a chance to say it very often, but I remember it fondly. But it is rubbish. It is rubbish, yeah. I remember the song as well. Go ahead, because our listeners might not remember. Yeah. No, I Refresh don't their memories, come on. No, I'm not going to sing Good Night, Sweetheart. <laughs> It originally aired on NBC in the United States on April 28th, 2011. In the episode, Michael prepares to leave for Colorado with Holly and spends his last day in the office saying goodbye to everyone individually, wanting no drama to ensue. Meanwhile, new manager D'Angelo and Andy try to keep Michael's biggest clients. D'Angelo was Will Farrell, wasn't he? He was, yes. And in... terrible. And terrible. I think he is not good. That's my very professional opinion. I think he is not good. See what happens when I don't have my swear words to fall back on. <laughs> it's, it's problematic. Do you imagine, will 
I was going to say Will Smith, but that's not right. Will Ferrell, mm. when he gets up in the morning, every morning, I imagine he rolls a dice. And if it lands on a six, he's funny that day. Yeah. Otherwise, he doesn't bother. <laughs> yeah. But he still much. makes it look as though he's trying to he's be. He's been doing it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe the, you're suggesting that the, the die has more sides than six to it. Yeah, it's one of your dice. He's got you. The episode was written by series developer and executive producer Greg Daniels and was directed by Paul Feig. Is Paul Feig the guy who's doing the the Lady Busters? (laughs) I don't think that's what it's called. That's what I've heard. It is Paul Feig who's doing, who did Bridesmaids. Who does he think he is? For Ghostbusters. Yeah, taking a, a beloved franchise and putting women in it. Oh. You know what? I can't wait for the new Ghostbusters because I can get a new Ghostbusters Lego car. No, you can't. Yeah, can. Why can't I do that? Because you've already got a Ghostbusters Lego car. Yeah, that's full of men. On <laughs> the, the lady one. Can we clarify? It's going to be awful, though, isn't it? I mean, the trailer looking is, at the trailers, regardless of what your yeah. opinion is on women, <laughs> it doesn't look like it's going to be a good film. No, is, can we is, clarify for the record that your opinion is that film isn't that films are made bad by putting women in them? <laughs> <laughs> of course. It's not clear that I'm being sarcastic. To me, it is. But unfortunately, there are so many people out there that are genuinely displaying that particular reaction to this film that I think, unfortunately, it needs stating for the record. They can stop listening, then. I, would, I, I don't yeah. want them to listen. Yeah, can they not listen? listen? If you're that stupid and you're that easily... It's not even offended. What is even the term? I can't, I can't apprehend what's going on in people's minds. The best way I can put it is, is the people that have that opinion tend to be the people that say a phrase I hate. It's destroying my childhood. Yes. <laughs> like the, the Ghostbusters. If all people, I mean, when did Ghostbusters come out in 1988 or something? I think I was Earlier born in that. 1988. Earlier than that. I, I think, you, you think you were born in Yeah, 1988. we don't know. <laughs> um, but people who say that as if the like, Ghostbusters was like one of the monumental, this was what made me what I am. Uh huh. <laughs> wow, God, yeah, that's really tragic, isn't it? It is. If your formative years were shaped purely by a fantasy Bill Murray episode. Sigourney Weaver and Bill Murray. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. If Slimer raised you as a child. <laughs> If Slimer did raise you as a child, then maybe, okay, you can be a bit offended. But I don't understand any other reason for hating it. It's got all the people that like it. It's got Kristen Wiig in it. The amazing Kristen yeah, Wiig. Look, the cast is, is good. Brilliant. Just that trailer was amazing. The idea is good. There's no, re- there's no real reason to remake it because the original's fine. Yeah, I but... have high hopes for that film still. I'm, getting, I'm definitely going to see it. Me too. I'm we'll not. go together. Yeah, let's go together. Let's go together and watch Ghostbusters. Do you want to come? No. No, okay. I don't, I don't really You're like You're going to be outside though. saying how much you hate women. In. I'll be outside with a card. <laughs> so Can I just, just for the record, I think women are much better than men. Men are awful. We are awful. Terrible. Terrible gender. Especially you. It marks the final appearance of Steve Carroll as a series regular, having announced that he was leaving the series near the end of the sixth season. The episode aired in an extended 50-minute time slot, having originally been meant to be a two-parter combined with the previous episode, Michael's Last Dundies. The episode featured guest appearances from Will Ferrell and Amy Ryan, and Andy Buckley appeared in a deleted scene. Unlucky Buckley. Goodbye Michael was met with critical acclaim from critics and fans and is considered one of the best episodes of The Office. The later seasons that followed this airing received extensive criticism for a decline in quality and many critics believed that it could have served as a potential series finale. In a poll conducted by fan site Office Tally, the episode was named the best episode of the seventh season. The episode was viewed by 8.416 million viewers. That's a lot of people's. That is a staggering number of human beings, isn't it? Well, yeah, but is it? 
Well, no, I'm no, not, I'm not really. talking. I'm not talking relative to other TV shows. I'm talking as a number on its own, as a number of people to be doing a thing simultaneously. Yes, that's that's staggering. God, the synopsis is fairly long and might not be Skip the most it. interesting. Skip it. I'll do some little bits just to give us an idea because I think if anyone's listening to this and hasn't watched the US Office, okay. because I think a lot of people in this country particularly, it wasn't it ended up on like ITV four or somewhere, didn't it? Mm. So it didn't get the best of airings. And obviously the original UK office is so beloved. Mm-hmm. Just I think people should just go and watch Goodnight Sweetheart. I don't think they should. I really don't think. I'm going to go back and watch some of that. Please mm-hmm. don't. See what happens. Just I think. What happens? Yeah. <laughs> See what Nicholas happens. Lindhurst goes back in time by walking through a tunnel. He has two wives. He's got two wives, isn't he? It's like, but it's like being in a different country, but different time. So it's basically that's not how it works. You can't just have two different wives in two different countries. I'm not saying that's okay. a good thing, but some people do. But they probably shouldn't. I'm not condoning they would, it. They would I'm be. So, I'm, Nicholas Lindhurst was the villain of the piece. That's what made it an interesting drama slash comedy. Actually, no, his, his wife in the present was the villain of the piece. Why? She used to nag him. And that was like that was the big joke. It was like, oh, she's nagging again. What's Back she like? through the time portal. This bloody yeah. woman. Oh, woman. Have you seen the new Stephen King drama with... Your man in it. Nicholas Lindhurst. Not Nicholas Lindhurst in. It's about the Kennedy assassination. Nicholas Lindhurst would make a good JFK. Nicholas Lindhurst would not make a good JFK. Just an idea. So you're making a film. Nicholas Lindhurst would not make a good anything. He doesn't even make a good Nicholas Lindhurst. (laughs) Stop swerving the conversation onto Goodnight Sweetheart. (laughs) We're trying to talk about The Office here. I don't know why I'm thinking about it. I was trying to remember the name of James Franco. He's in a new thing. That's a time travel thing. And the mechanism they use for going back in time, basically identical to Goodnight Sweetheart. A wall. Pretty much. Mm. He goes into a cupboard and comes out in 1960. Maybe we're not entering enough cupboards. Isn't that the plot of Mr. Ben? Also, isn't that the plot of Lion, Witch and the Wardrobe, or whatever that's called, Narnia? There's a lot of cupboards going on. Yeah. Mm. Nicholas doesn't have to make a good Mr. Ben. Let's not do the Nicholas Linders podcast, please. Somebody has to. Yes. (laughs) No, they don't. Yes. Chris has engineered this. He's got a good sitcom face, hasn't he? He does. He's got a good face for sitcoms. <laughs> what a compliment. <laughs> it's a compliment. But we were about, before Chris so Nicholas Lindhurstly scooted us off topic, we were going to talk about what we like about The Office. Because this is a TV podcast now. Honestly, I like a lot of American sitcoms because of that they don't really feel like they have to be, to fit into a certain category like ours do. Ours are either Mrs. Brown Boy or... PJ. Mrs. Brown Boy. Mrs. Brown Boy. <laughs> that old one, Mrs. Brown Boy. <laughs> or Peep Show. I mean, I think Is that they're quite in the good. 70s as well? <laughs> they're just quite good at sort of getting to everybody. I just liked it. Sorry, I don't really just liked it. Just liked it. I liked it because it was funny. We're good at reviewing stuff, aren't we? I, this yeah, is why we, we don't are. review things. I think that, um, what's, what are they called? The ones who aren't Jasper Carrot's daughter and The Hobbit. Mark Tim Freeman. from The Office. Tim. Tim and Dawn. Who who are Tim and Dawn? Pam and... Jim. Pam and Jim. I think they're my ideal threesome. If I had to have a threesome with one woman and one man, would Pam be... and Jim, it'd just be lovely. It'd yeah. be lovely. Can you imagine? You'd have dinner as well. Be, oh, you'd have dinner, nice. yeah. you'd have a cuddle. It'd be just be a really nice evening. So you'd like to be friends with Pam and Jim? I'd like to be in a relationship with Pam and Jim. Oh. So this isn't, yeah, this isn't just a sexual thing? No, no, no. If it wasn't a sexual thing, as this is what we're talking about now, this is what we've got on to, Ruth and Eamon Holmes... No, no, not Christ because I'm, no. just because I think they'd be, it would be fun. They'd no, be, it wouldn't. Because I, I bet he's really bad and really annoying. And but she's like, oh, Damon, pillock. And I think we just have a laugh. 
That would be the... I couldn't imagine a worse person to hang out with than Eamon Holmes. <laughs> it would be funny. <laughs> it would be intolerable. You just not for like a long, just for like a week. Just a a week? week? Yeah. In the company of Eamon Holmes. Eamon and Ruth, yeah. What, all week? Just No, let's just say Monday to Thursday, because on Friday they've got to do this morning. <laughs> Fair enough, and we wouldn't want to distract them from their good work. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I can't think of anything worse. Of all the couples in the world... I'm not saying because I'm a big fan. I'm just saying they look like they'd be fun to be around for a bit. It, it sounds more like a Louis Theroux episode, to be honest. It does. Get, get on that. So, well, I'm not Louis Theroux, so I'm No, I know. I'm saying that's too Louis Theroux. Get on that. If not, I'll do it, because I've, I've got an interest now. Should we write to them, see if you can go and live with them for a week? <laughs> Can we do that? It would make a good podcast. I have a word. Who do I okay. contact? Oh, Eamon, probably. Eamon. <laughs> Ruth. Ruth probably sorts all the stuff out. Yeah. Because I can't imagine that Eamon's capable. No. no. I'll get on to her and we'll see if we can set that up for a week. You do that. Are you going to have yeah. sex with Ruth No, and that's all it's about. Louis Free didn't have sex with... Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. didn't, to be honest. <laughs> the Hamiltons. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. I'll, I'll do that. Where are we? We're, right, talking we're, talking about about the, we're talking about the office. We're talking about the office. Talking about the synopsis. I'm not going to read the whole synopsis because it's too long. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read the first sentence of each paragraph, and that should get us through it quickly. Okay, good. Great. Sounds awesome. Michael Steve Carroll arrives at work for what he claims is his second to last day before he moves to Colorado to live with his fiance Holly. Andy is given Michael's client list as a going away present, much to the shock and envy of other salesmen. And after losing one, requests the help of D'Angelo Vickers to retain them. Gabe is taking Erin's public breakup badly. Jim deduces over the course of the day that Michael is leaving early and confronts him about it. In the epilogue, several of the staff share thoughts about Michael in private interviews. That's enough. That's enough That's to get enough, the gist. Yeah. But it was very sad because they are very good. American sitcoms at pulling on the heartstrings. Mm. I think that's something that British sitcoms struggle with a lot more because of the nature of the British condition, mm. where when we try and do that, it all becomes a bit... Yeah, we don't want to watch that. Don't, no. want, don't want to show any outpouring of genuine emotion. No, Thank like you that. very much. Mm. But we'll happily watch Americans do it. Mm. Yeah, and we'll say, oh, look at those stupid Americans being yeah. so bloody melodramatic. <laughs> While simultaneously fighting back the tears a little bit. British sitcoms are, well, the best of them are incredible. Can we agree? Well, and yeah. much better as well. I wouldn't say better. I don't know better anymore. Once upon yeah. a time, it's not very long ago where you could have said that, but the quality certainly of modern American sitcoms, mm. I think, leaves British sitcoms standing. Sure, but if you if you weighed up all all the American sitcoms and all the British sitcoms... If you're doing it purely on the amount, then no. By far, we would well, we're not doing it purely on the amount. That's what you said. No. You weighed them up. You, put them, you said <laughs> yeah. weigh. Okay. I mean, their quality. You're weighing their quality up. No, I it's, a, it's, it's a fucking. There you go. <laughs> okay. So, what are the British sitcoms that you're that you're quoting here as being better than anything that America has managed? Peep Show, The Office, I'm I, on Partridge. I think that most people say Faulty Towers. I'm not that convinced. Yeah, I'm not that convinced. No. It's fine. I'm Alan Partridge. It's six episodes. But how many times have you watched them? I used to... I used to think yes that, that British sitcoms in general were better. Now not so much. No, and now not at all actually. I think it's probably the same thing that's happened to music. We used to be yeah the world champions, and now America are a bit better. I'm fine with it because I'm enjoying. I enjoy a lot of American sitcoms. And I enjoy American music, so I don't really care. Um, I've got no national pride basically. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, I don't either. This isn't born out of some weird patriotism, because mm. I don't give a crap. Yeah. yeah. Does crap count as a swear word? Nah. You're all right. Crap's fine. 
30 Rock is better than any of the mm. shows you just listed. Maybe not Peep Show, but they're very different things. I think so 30 that, Rock is better than The Office. Better than the UK Office, mm. yeah. I don't. That's just wrong, I never really thought it? about it before, but I'm, I'm tempted to agree with that. I love 30 Rock a lot. Parks and Recreations is better than the UK Office. Get out. Mm. Like, mm. actually get out. I think... I know this is your office, but get out. <laughs> <laughs> I think, though, if you ask... I'd be interested to see what other people think about that. Well, think, you think I've never really thought idiots. about it before. But I, I did enjoy Parks and Recreation a lot more than I enjoyed The Office when I was watching it. Yeah, I mean, The Office was different. It pushed boundaries, and it was great. When you re-watch it now, it's a bit of a slog. I think it's dated. It's dated a lot. But at the time, it was groundbreaking. Uh, well, but yeah, absolutely. It has been but you don't pastiched get... and parodied mm. to an inch of its life sure. ever since, and that that always takes a hold on. Of course, on it does, and it that has, that shame, and, but... and that's shaping my opinion. Yeah, and as such, we've I got think... better in mind, Phil. Oh, I am, and I'm not criticising the Eucharist. I'm just saying that in terms of if me making my list of what the best sitcoms are right now, the American ones win. Arrested Development is better. It's better crafted. There's more yes. layers going on I agree there. With that. But that's you know that is the pinnacle, isn't it? Really. Horst Heinrich Streckenbach. Horst Heinrich Streckenbach. Uh-huh. Who's he? Horst Heinrich Streckenbach, Tattoo Sammy, was a well-known German tattoo artist and historian of the medium who had been tattooing since 1946. Oh. With his students Manfred Kors from Hanover in Germany from 1974 to 1978, he developed a rotary tattoo machine and in 1975, the barbell. Oh, what's the barbell? Barbell-style piercing jewellery is composed of a straight bar with a bead on each end. One or both beads is unscrewable for removal and or changing of the beads. Oh. He invented that, because that's like a thing. That is like a thing, isn't it? That's how they do, like, tongues and stuff. Yes. Mm. Do you have a tongue piercing? <laughs> I don't have any piercings. Do you not? No. You look like a tongue-piercing kind of guy. Do you think? That's yeah. disgusting. <laughs> Uh, no piercings, no tattoos. Oh, yeah. What about you, Phil? No piercings, no tattoos. Hmm. What about you, Chris? I do I do have some embarrassing tattoos. They're not embarrassing, my tattoos are alright. Where are your tattoos? I've got one on my back and one on my arm. Tell me more. They're not that they're I can't that remember. They're two birds. <laughs> but they're no, they're no connected to me. Let's have a look. They're not connected to each other at all. I'm not going to show you my back one because that is really bad. But it's um, it is quite bad. Oh, yeah, sort I remember like you getting Ibiza. that done. Yeah. They look like Ibiza tattoos. But I was I didn't do it so bad that I'd got like a name or anything. And I did it when I was eighteen, and I did, wasn't really sure what to get, so I just got whatever was random. It could be a chicken, it could be a, a goose. <laughs> I don't know what bird this is. I don't know, but I, don't, I would quite like to get them gone at some point. <laughs> and any piercings? No, I'm too scared to get anything pierced. I wouldn't want to. Two tattoos between Two the tattoos. three of us yeah. in this modern age yeah. that shows us how lame we are. No, I think it shows our strength of character for not being... Mm, my lack well, of it shows, it shows mine and yours anyway. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. Like, like Johnny Bird tattoo over here. <laughs> I don't even know why. I don't know. I don't know what the theory I remember, was. I, on, I actually do remember you getting that tattoo. Do you remember and I remember being like, what are you doing? You, didn't not, you were not like, what are you doing? You were like, yeah, mate, that would be really good. Bullshit. <laughs> Come on. Why did no one stop me? I would have done because I, I remember trying to stop everyone getting tattoos when I was younger. I'd write be in my bonnet about it. <laughs> so, oh, why you regret it when you're older, man? What about when you're all saggy and you're in a you're in but OAP? That's, that's oh. not what I'm bothered about. I'm just bothered that I didn't take, pick a particularly good one. I'd get I'd get another one done. I would get that one changed and covered up to be a better one. I don't care about having tattoos. It's just the ones I've got. 
and mm. not brilliant. Shall I tell my tattoo story? Do you have a tattoo story? <laughs> you do not have a tattoo story. I've got a tattoo story. In 1997, my best friends convinced me to take the day off of college, so we played hooky, and we, we called you it... truant. We played truant, and we called it Phil Sharman's Day Off in the vein of Ferris <laughs> Wilder's Day Off. <laughs> Go on, name. Worst day ever. Phil <laughs> Sharman's Day Off. We <laughs> he potted about, went to his allotment, did some larping, had some knocky, had <laughs> some knocky, and then went to bed. <laughs> we both got roller skates, uh-huh. like roller boots from a charity shop, and so we we spent the yeah. whole day on roller skates. <laughs> and we went to the pub, and I think was this the same time as I because I was working in a bar at the time, and then this might be I might be conflating two stories that weren't meant to be connected. I needed the day off of work, and so I phoned them and told them that I'd broken my finger, and so I taped up my finger as if it was broken, even though it was fine. But I don't think that was that might not have been the same time. Anyway, that was that was um, an unnecessary addition, considering if anyone caught you, you'd be rollerblading down the hill. <laughs> That man yeah. isn't sick. <laughs> Never say that you've got like a physical injury. That's madness. Well, no, because nobody expects it. And with a broken finger, you can just tie up your finger. And that's what makes it so genius. No one can touch it because it hurts. Exactly. What are they going to do? Tell me I'm lying? Tell, oh, you actually, no, the rollerblading does work. You could say you did it rollerblading. <laughs> that's how you got the injury in the first place. But yeah. it didn't stop you. I think the reason I chose a, a physical injury is because I'd been out drinking the night before and they knew I'd been out drinking before. That was it. Right. Yeah, so they knew that I'd been out on the lash and because I was out on the lash, I was hungover and didn't want to go to work and obviously that would be very clear. But by giving myself a physical injury that was associated with my drinking, mm-hmm. that made it all okay. Okay, all right. So, so it, was, it was a pretty clever plan and it worked. Very clever. I don't think they can get me for it now. 15 years later. So what else did you do other than... 20 years later. Other than rollerblading? Or was it roller skating? It was roller skating. We got some roller boots. So we did that. (laughs) And we... We we roller booted to the local tattoo (laughs) parlour. Which... Was run radical. <laughs> now this was the late nineties, so where tattoos these days are all done in really fancy boutiques, where you know you don't feel like you're going to catch a venereal disease just by going in through the doors, yeah. wasn't so much the case in 1997. And the one tattoo parlor in Kettering was run by a, a guy called Titch, <laughs> ironically called because he was, was a great big fat biker dude. Okay, um, and he'd got this. Sorry, really... can I stop you? Was this? Was the tattoos up? Was this part of the agenda of Phil Sharman's day off? <laughs> no, he just rolled it back. <laughs> there wasn't really an agenda. Okay. We ought to get Ruth let's, on. let's have a day off and do something mad. I know that like, Ruth... get roll of... Roll of skate. He didn't say what was it. He has roller boots. <laughs> Ruth will remember the details of this day as if mm. it was yesterday, but my memory is so terrible that it's all very sketchy for me. Mm. But we ended up in a tattoo parlour, and the idea was that we would get matching tattoos because we were best mates, and we were going to be best mates till the day we die. And so... You're going to we... remember this day forever. <laughs> yeah. Because and... of the, all, all the brilliant times you had with the roller boots and all. So we went to the tattoo parlour, uh-huh. and we spent ages looking through these books of tattoos. We'd, neither of us got any money. I think we got five or each to get our tattoos. Uh, and we picked out this little butterfly... Of course. Um, motif that we were both going to get. Ruth went first. She still has her butterfly <gasps> tattoo. And you didn't get yours. But as we have established, I do not oh have any tattoos. God, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you absolute bastard. 
So we basically, I saw hers. It wasn't it wasn't fear of the pain. It wasn't anything like that. It was looking at hers, how shit it was, and deciding, no way. <laughs> <laughs> and so I changed my mind and we left. What did she say? I did, I, I'm pretty sure she's still not forgiven me, but... Oh, Phil. That was Phil Sharman's day off. And he just scooted out on your roller boots. Yep. Where did you go after that? Probably back to the pub. It's not as good as the film. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we crashed my dad's Lamborghini. That's, that's, that's what we did. That's what we did next. Uh, so that's my tattoo story. That's as close as I've ever come you to getting a bastard. tattoo. Yeah. That's unforgivable. That's pretty unforgivable, isn't it? I'm not proud of myself, but at the same time, if I had that tattoo, I wouldn't be happy about it. I can't so, imagine you with a butterfly tattoo. No. It would ruin everything else that he's got going on with his look. Actually, wait there. Where is he going? Oh. He's going to do it now. You going to get a tattoo, Phil? No, he's going to dust off his roller boots. <laughs> Bring them down from the air. Right. Just between us and the listeners. Yeah. Phil, yeah. yeah. What a gimp. He's a total gimp. He's like, I can't even believe how much of a gimp he is. Uh, and what with all the lapping and everything. I know. I mean... The, the roller boots. Oh, he's, oh, he's coming, coming back. These... <laughs> these photographs that I've just been to, been yeah. to collect... These are from Philip Sharman's Day Off, mm. if you'd like to see. And one of them, you can actually see a roller boot in the picture. How is that you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, you look so different. So one of the things we did was go to a passport photo booth and get our pictures taken. Yeah, that's wild. That really is wild. Thick black hair, big eyebrows. Look a bit drunk. I'll stick those pictures up on the show notes so you can see what I looked like in 1990. Uh, uh. So when did you regenerate into this version of you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a casting change. <laughs> it was like you had a fun day, but even though you're an evil man. I'm an evil man who didn't get tattooed, but it was a fun day. What were we talking about anyway? Horst Heinrich oh, yeah. Streckenbach, yep. who invented a rotary tattoo machine and the barbell. Streckenbach was born in 1925 and grew up in Weissmass... In Weissmass... No, whoa, whoa, Weiss- whoa. What's, what's that little symbol? That's a double S. That's... Oh, that is? Yeah. yeah. That, that is Vice, basically. Oh. Yeah. Vice Vassa. He got his first tattoo at the age of 10, didn't we Ooh. all? In 1946, he began tattooing professionally. In 1947, he opened his own studio in Frankfurt, and this was open for nearly 40 years. So, suspiciously, between 1935 and 1946, this fella's gone missing. Yeah, no mention. <laughs> no record of whatever he was up to in that time. Just saying. There's a picture... And from the top half, I don't expect him to be like a tattoo man. I expect him to be like a baker. Yeah. Because but when you see his arms, you think, oh, that's a lot of tattoos. Top half, baker. Just, a, just an observation. <laughs> in 1947, he opened his own studio in Frankfurt, and this was open for nearly 40 years. Sammy tattooed several notable musicians, artists, and celebrities of the time. Not notable enough for them to actually note who they were. Over the years, Sammy went to the United States a number of times and frequently to Los Angeles to visit Jim Ward. On one of his first visits, he showed Ward the barbell studs that he used in some piercings. They were internally threaded, a feature that made so much sense that Ward immediately set out to recreate them for his own customers. Innovations. Streckenbach and Coors pioneered many jewellery designs, including the fixed bead ring and internally threaded barbells. Sammy introduced Jim Ward to barbell-style jewellery. 
The first barbells I recall came from Germany. Doug had made contact with Tattoo Sammy, a tattooist and piercer from Frankfurt. Over the years, Sammy came to the States a number of times and frequently showed up in LA to visit Doug. On one of his first visits, he showed us the barbell studs that he used in some piercings. They were internally threaded. I feel like we've read this once already. This might be a little bit repetitive. They were internally threaded, a feature that made so much sense that I immediately set out to recreate them for my own customers. As true now as it was two minutes ago. Phil Andros, a German tattooist named Horst Heinrich Steinbeck, invented a radically different tattoo pen with each instrument containing its own small motor, which was attached at an irregular cam wheel that furnished the up and down movement. There we have it. 75 episodes in the bag. 25 to go until the big one. We have the big party. The big party, big which party. you're all invited to. Um, <laughs> so I did it. I got through about swearing. No, no you didn't. No, I no, did, didn't. apart from the quotes. But there was a quote. I was pretending to be someone who was violently angry towards you. That's fine. You also said something about Nicholas Lenhurst being bullshit. <laughs> did I really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, probably. This is a bit tricky because the deadline for the UK Podcaster Awards closes tonight, but we might be nominated. Hopefully we will be. So as you're listening to this, check out our Twitter account and see if we've mentioned anything about it. If we have, then please vote for us. If we haven't, we didn't get nominated, so just ignore this. Yeah. Sad face. And vote for a little bit racy instead. But yeah, vote for a little bit racy if we're not in it. Anything else? Any other business? Chris, what happened to you this week? Okay, um... You know how I can drive now? Yes. And you know how I'm not very good at it? I've yet to witness you drive even a foot. Okay, I've well. witnessed it, it was fine. He says he's clinging on like, for his life. I'm just not a good passenger in general, though. Ask the, the anyone. Thing, the thing you've got to do as a driving person is you need to feed the car. It's not conventional terminology, but I think I know what you, you know, mean. You need to feed it, you need to go to its equivalent of the shops and get some snacks for its tanks. <laughs> tank snacks tank snacks so I was doing that because I've got the hang of that now I know how you do that you get a little nozzle just put it in you fill it up yep you shake it give it a little wiggle until mm-hmm. it says right that's enough first gets full up put it back done I'm used to that now it's fine but unfortunately there's another thing cars do which they, they lock right so I just didn't mean to but I trapped the keys to the car inside inside the machine <laughs> Like the <laughs> so without, so I didn't know. So I had no way of escaping. The car was full up, though. The, the car was full, satiated. So, yeah, that was that. It's quenched. It was quenched. Um, but I had no way of leaving. I'm not very good in panicky situations. So I went into the shop and said to the lady, "What's happened?" And she said, "I can't help you." <laughs> <laughs> so. So I, what I, were you expecting her to do? I don't know. I just she just she had a, she had a uniform, <laughs> <laughs> but she said you can just leave it there. It's fine. But that doesn't have. I can't leave it there forever. So it was left there. So the, the next thing I do, I rang my dad because he had tools and stuff to do this. I couldn't get in my house. I mean, my spare key was in my house, but that was also in the car, so I couldn't get into the house either. So you know, I was homeless. Rang my dad. He came to the power station with a crowbar, and we broke into the car. And then, and then I imagine to leave, but I have damaged the door quite significantly. <laughs> oh dear. I've been driving for, what, two months? So what? So you went in through the driver's door? Um, no, the, yeah, the other side. The, the passenger, passenger side. Yeah. And you just crowbarred it open. You yeah. can do that. Well, yeah, well, no one stopped us. Um, there was a point where I thought, this looks like a crime. 
when two men came over to a car in a car parked car with a crowbar. But no, I got away with it. It was fine. And then I drove off. And, but now I can never go to that garage again. No. That's all my list now. I've got this big list of places where I've done something embarrassing and the list is just getting bigger. Oh dear. Do, you, do you honestly do that though? If you do something mm. mortifyingly embarrassing? I don't ever go back. Yeah, same. Hmm. I'll do that. What's, what, what other places are on your list? Because I don't know that I have any on the Not necessarily places, but like just maybe people. <laughs> if I make an ass, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not even going to talk to them ever again. My sister does it as well. There's a place near where I live, which is the, where all the canals are, and one of the river people told her when she was younger not to throw stones in, and she has never returned. She's 26. This happened when she was six. 20 years, she never went back on principle because someone shouted at her. But anyway, that was my car story, so I'm not, I'm not getting on well with it. And you made us late for dinner? No, no, you ate dinner anyway. Well, yeah, of course we did. <laughs> you were like three hours late because you trapped your keys in your car. No, we waited. We had, we had the feeders when you got there. Yeah, you, yeah. I said chips before. Feeters. Fajitas. Right, okay. Feeters. That's, <laughs> that's what we call it now. They got for dinner, feeters. Chicken fajitas. Very good story. Well done. Okay, I haven't great. got any stories. No, I've got nothing. So we'll see you again next week. Shall we? Yep. Bye. 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 Good night, sweetheart. All my prayers are for you. Good night. I'll be watching over you. Tears and parting may make us forlorn. But with the dawn, a new day is born. Hi. Hi. I thought I'd do kidneys for supper. What? Why? I don't know. I saw these lamb kidneys in the butcher's windows and a little voice in my head went yum. Well, a little voice in my stomach just went yuck. You know we don't like kidneys. I didn't know you don't like kidneys. We've never had kidneys. Yes, that's why. Well, if I knew you didn't like kidneys, would I have bought kidneys? You know, you might unconsciously be punishing me. For what? For making you do the cooking. You don't make me do the cooking. I like doing the cooking. It was my suggestion, if you recall, that we share that particular chore. Perhaps. But subliminally, your male ego was feeling threatened. And so you offer me this extraordinarily symbolic meal to say, look, you are unmanning me. You've been sunbathing without a hat again. <laughs> what do you mean, symbolic? Well, kidneys look like testicles, right? And you offer them to me on a plate, metaphorically saying, here is my manhood. <laughs> now are you satisfied? How about a cheese omelette? <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.